Hello, and welcome to Bibleish, the podcast where it's Angela again some more. I am here to bring you an episode today as Lily is still dealing with some important family matters. But we agreed that we wanted to bring you guys an episode today, which is one of our it's one of our personal favorites and also a fan favorite. And that is a relaunch of our second Fem Squad mini-sode following up on last time, where we discussed Lilith, a super cool spooky demon night monster. This week, we're bringing you a relaunch of our story of Asherah, God's wife. Yeah, wife. We didn't just come from one guy floating around in the sky, according to the books. So enjoy the story, as well as a really dope poem that Lily wrote, which she reads at the end of the episode. I will look forward to seeing you all again very soon, and please send your well wishes Lily's way. Bye! I'm surprised. Because it's weird. Good thing I have the whole Bible memorized. Jezebel, you need to stop wriggling. If you're going to be here, you have to behave. That's what I'll say to my kids. And they'll be like, why don't you be go to hell, mom? (laughs) And I'll be like, I raised. (laughs) That was a great zing, Peebo. (laughs) Peebo. Do you want to say hi to people? Hi. Hello. And welcome to Bibleish, the podcast where we tell Bible stories. I'm Lily. I am Angela. And this week we have another mini, mini episode, mini episode, mini episode. Beautiful. <laughs> Angela's going to be telling me a story this week. I do it. It's my turn. And it's part of a series that she has been working on, which I'm so freaking excited about. It is the Biblical Femme Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ladies. As those of you who listen to the show regularly will know, we have previously done one on Lilith, Mm -hmm. Night Monster, Storm Goddess. And First Woman. And First Human Woman. Pre-Eve. Pre-Eve, yeah. Adam's first wife, uh, the one that got away, literally, (laughs) by effing off into the sky because she was done with his shit. Thorough. (laughs) That's the way to exit a party. (laughs) I'm out. Beyond Irish exit. Everyone saw you leave. You You weren't subtle. (laughs) So... You kind of alluded to this in that episode uh, where we're talking about her being the first woman of the timeline of the Bible. And then you were like, well, second, technically. Yeah. Because you already know a little bit about who we're talking about today. But not enough. But not enough. Because no one knows enough. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, we'll get there. Um, So today we're going to talk about Asherah. Yes. Which is a cool name, first of all. Yeah. It's got a good lady name. (laughs) Asherah, long story short, is God's wife. What? Who said that? What? God's who's he? What's it? 
God's who and the what now? <laughs> so here's the deal. We've also mentioned her in a number of episodes, at least two, mm-hmm. uh, where you kind of allude to, oh, this seems like a vestige of Asherah. Yeah. There's something going on here, but she was clearly like edited out. Yes. Um, so what had happened was, let me tell you. Yeah, what the heck happened there? <laughs> Asherah originally comes from one of the gods that preceded Yahweh. So Yahweh is the god of the like Israelites, yeah. the main dude that we kind of now think of as God from yeah. the Bible. There was previously a god called El, the supreme god. What? Yeah. And he had a wife named Atherat. Okay. So when the Israelites were migrating through what is now modern-day Israel, they adopted her into their then-polytheistic canon, placing her as the wife or consort of Yahweh. Wow. Because they were like, we like that. We love this mom and dad. So they just took Elle's wife and were like, you're married to God now. Yeah, they must have all had some conversations about, like, does it really make sense? I don't that know just- if it's their decision, <laughs> but... Yeah, but basically it's like they were building this mythology, and as they were passing through this place, they were like, oh, your supreme god has a wife. Maybe our supreme god has a wife. Thanks, bruh. With a very similar name. Yeah. So Asherah was seen as like the earth mother fertility goddess. Gaia. Yeah. She's, um, She's described as being, quote, both mighty and nurturing. So you kind of think of, like, what we, the power we ascribe to, like, Yahweh God. Yeah. So she has that, but it's more in this, like, nurturing, like, eat the fruit from my trees and, like, take from the earth and, like, I'm giving you all of this stuff to, like, nourish you. Okay. That's, like, her thing. And also fertility. Yes. So in 1928, it took a long time because... We'll we'll backtrack, but in 1928, an archaeological discovery in northern Syria really showed a ton of evidence that she was actually widely worshipped throughout much of early Israelite history. She was, like, big on the scene. Yeah. So why don't we have her in the Bible, you say? Yeah, I've actually seen a lot of those figurines that they dug up with the large-breasted woman holding... Her chest. She's holding her titties yep. at all times. She's yeah. like, look at it. She's like, I love Earth. I love feeding you. I'm like the best mom. She's great. Feels good <laughs> as hell. Yes. Uh, Liz Oshara. <laughs> oh. As they say in the Bible, why a man great till he gotta be great? <laughs> Actually, though, there are so many instances of the in the Bible of why a man great till he gotta be great. Okay, so I'm just saying we do an episode about Lizzo and send it to her. (sighs) Okay. Next mini-sode. So, the evidence that they found in this 1928 big discovery suggests that Asherah was observed in ancient Israel as early as 1100 BC. Oh. Until around 580 BC. Okay. But what happened in 580 BC, Lillian? I don't know. Oh, but you do. That's right. (laughs) I do know. (laughs) Solomon's temple was destroyed. (gasps) Right. Okay, so how does that connect to Asherah? Well, that is the time when, actually correct me if I'm wrong, because I really am making sure I hope I'm right. That's around the time when the group that was exiled of Hebrews were like, 
we effed up. We should have only had one God. Yes, we actually did have that in the story of Solomon and post-Solomon. Yeah, and and in our episode, What is the Bible? This is when they were like, we need to get serious about writing everything down. We got to have a story about this, you guys. Just one God. This time, one God moving forward. No polytheism, (laughs) no extra anything. Okay. This is when they started editing her out of the stories they had been telling. So they decided... That they would take another god's wife from him, wed her to their god, and then divorce her from their god. Quite literally, yes. Okay. And it goes deeper. No. Oh, but it does. So the Bible actually mentions her 40 times. 40? 40. Mostly in a negative way. We already of encountered course. Asherah poles in a recent story. Mm-hmm. And what those are is basically a carved or styled tree or some kind of upright wooden decoration, which honored her as the Earth Mother. Okay. There was actually an Asherah pole outside of Solomon's temple. That's how big she was. Like, she was regarded alongside Yahweh. She was part of the pantheon. Yeah. Most interestingly, and this is where it gets deeper, scholars believe that the story of Adam and Eve, so basically right out of the gate, Yeah is a direct reference to shunning Asherah and discouraging people from trusting or believing her. Oh, yes. Whoever was, like, writing this down at the beginning, like, they must have had a meeting where they were like, no more of this lady god business. How do we get the point across to people? Yeah. So the reason that scholars are thinking that this is actually a big piece of the story of Adam and Eve as a kind of a piece of propaganda, if you will, or you don't have to call it, I mean, they're developing the religion. So it's like, this is how they were communicating that Mm -hmm. she was no longer allowed. Yeah. Uh, The reason for that is a lot of the imagery that's used. Uh, Nature always represented her. She's the ultimate mother earth that provides bounty for her children. And there's a lot of stuff about sacred trees that's important there, particularly because Eve eats from the tree against God's orders. Yahweh is literally saying, we're not talking to your mother anymore. Which also makes sense that it didn't make sense that they shouldn't eat from the tree. Right. Totally. Ugh. It's really just saying... This is infuriating. Yeah. I hate this story. <laughs> Tell a new one. No, I'm just We're kidding. I would like to hear more, except I will still be upset. Yeah. Yeah, so it really, like, a lot of the, the story, because they're in this garden, it's all these trees, it's this thing. Also, the snake is linked with... The snake was basically uh, linked often with, like, goddesses, um, mm-hmm. because snakes are linked to the earth, and they, like... They're, sometimes, the, they're some of the closest to the earth. Yeah. And they're sometimes used even as positive symbols, like the staff that was like a snake. Um, but in those cases, what's interesting to note is they were always presented upright. Okay. In the story of Adam and Eve, God literally strikes the snake down and says it will only crawl on its belly from now on. Yeah. I remember that. So if if they were seeing a correlation between the snake and the goddess... God is literally being, like, down. Yeah, because I remember you and I um, trying to figure out how snakes got around before. Yeah. I, but So, that, again, it's like, obviously they weren't just walking, so it's really just a symbol of, like, anything they could use in that story to be, like, no more Asherah. Wow. Yeah. I was also thinking we could even see this as an extension of the Lilith tale, because Lilith being Adam's first wife was yeah. another example of... Women get down. 
<laughs> now that Eve has replaced her in the mythology of women, they're really trying to drive it home that women are not to be worshipped in the same regard as Yahweh or revered in the same way as men. Cool. Cool, right, guys? So this is what, it's funny that you said this word, some scholars call the story of Adam, 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 Adam and Beth. <laughs> some scholars call the story of Adam and Eve and this general movement to remove Asherah from any stories that had been in their mythology yeah. previously, the divorce of God and Asherah. Mm. Yes, that is right. We are all children of divorce. Wow. <laughs> Scholars largely agree nowadays that the Bible was heavily edited to disinclude her from stories before, because mm-hmm. before 580 BC, only a small minority of people believed in one male God alone. They were truly in the minority, and this was a huge shift. Okay. When we first did that episode, I didn't realize it. I thought, okay, they're polytheistic. For some reason, it just didn't hit me that like it was a complete reversal. Yeah. There are still a few references to, quote, Yahweh and his Asherah that seem to have been missed, that still linger amongst the Bible. Which we've come across. Yes. Um, And not all of them, because I don't think we've hit 40 yet. No. Yeah, I was surprised (laughs) to see that number. And like you mentioned, there's obviously a lot of evidence that has come up in um, different archaeological discoveries. Wow. (laughs) Good word sinking, Lily. Even after the Bible was being formed in the way that we now know it, and they were really like, one God, one God only, people still held on to her. Because mm-hmm. she's their mother God. Yeah. And it really, it also really struck me when I was doing this research, like, mentioning her 40 times and all. If, if 40 times is all that was left, <laughs> uh, it seems like they were working really hard to discredit her, which also makes me think that people were really into her. Yeah. People... Okay, this is a theory that I've read, Mm. but the importance placed by the Catholic faith in the Virgin Mary is largely attributed to the polytheistic believers who were not ready to let go of there being some sort of feminine religious symbol. Yeah, Yeah. So she really became the Catholic Church's female figurehead in that way, where it was like, oh, you can still absolutely not get down. It's a bug. It's a bug. I saw a bug. (laughs) It's in the sky above you. Jezebel's on the hunt. I saw a bug. There it is. You're bad at looking at where I'm pointing. You're bad at looking in general. (laughs) It's right above you. You're being the worst huntress right now. Hmm? What? Jezebel. It's right here. Oh, oh, there. Oh, there. Look ahead of you. Where? (laughs) She's the worst at this. Yeah, I find that really interesting. And I feel like we've even talked about the development of saints and stories of saints as another way that people were kind of still very (laughs) wanting this more or less polytheistic Mythology is the word I just keep wanting to say because yeah. it's like this, the whole story of how this developed. The ability to have someone in charge of, of a certain, not in charge of, but the belief that someone can affect a certain aspect of your life. Yeah. Like there are saints for so many things from like heart failure to arm pain. I kid you not. There's a, a patron saint of arm pain. <clears throat> 
<laughs> the statue for that would just be arms. <laughs> it would just be arms. That's it. Yeah, I find that I find that like super interesting and I agree. Like if I had been alive then and had a mom and a dad god and then suddenly they're like, "No, we don't talk to mom anymore." I'd have been like, "Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I want to ta- I want to talk to mom sometimes." <laughs> like, oh, but I'm just projecting. But the one thing that I will say, I, when I was doing like looking into this I was hoping it would be more of a story. I was mm-hmm. hoping to find more of like, Ashura was laying in her garden one day and then she invented cats. Like, I don't know. You know what I, mean? <laughs> like, I was definitely hoping for more of like how with Lilith, you know, there was definitely a background to it, uh, but also someone came up with a story at some point. Yeah. So she doesn't have that much of a story, but it's also kind of nice that way. We don't know Yahweh's story necessarily. We just know when he started doing stuff. And I don't know his, what he was doing before. Uh, a parent father, L. Yeah. Yeah. His dad. <laughs> the dad okay. of dads. Just let that slide. But yeah. But I mean, that's that's what I also find uh, really helps put all of this in perspective is there were many other gods in many other ways before this one that we've all come to know so well. Yeah. That's really something. Yeah. So I was dissatisfied to find out that she didn't really have... A story of her own, but then I have this friend who's a poet who maybe had already made up a story. Oh, who this? It's you. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love if you would share with our listeners the story that you created about Ashera. I would be honored. I um, wrote a poem that kind of turned into a series of poems. I won't read the whole thing. Okay. But yes, I was also starved for a story and felt that it was a shame that she had been so thoroughly edited out and so early that we don't have much of anything except for these little glimpses that come up in the Old Testament. Mm. And so it made me Want to tell her story. So I wrote one. So I sat and I wrote and I wrote and I sat. (laughs) Whenever I picture Lily writing, she's like totally not even in the place that she lives. She's like at a desk, like looking out over like Montana. In someone else's home. Yeah, like it's just like you're like drinking tea and like thinking pensively while staring out the window. (laughs) And you're like... What light on yonder mountain breaks? I like that you think that when really I'm just man spreading <laughs> on my couch with like empty cans of beer next to me. A true poet. <laughs> P.S. Lily's the best poet that ever lived, so I'm just saying. Okay, no pressure though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so these are the annals of Asherah. If you ask him, he will tell you differently. He will tell you I was wrong. He will glance at me from the size of his eyes if anyone ever asks why. And everyone asks why. The answer is always because. You don't have to die to hear me say it. We wanted it that way. It started that way. Just because. In the nothingness, he felt me through the dark. I was there. Suspended mid-airlessness like ink in water on mirror. 
He came to me as stone, dropped in and through me. Before there was time, we spent it trying to be together without one of us breaking or burning in the other's presence. We did it without sound or sight, only touch. It was terrifying. We heard each other. There was nothing else. We did it because we knew that at some point it would stop. We would both stop and hurt would end. He learned how to see first. I learned how to speak. Neither one of us could hear. He would look to me, but I did not know how to be seen. I'd scream and he would watch me. This was all there was in the beginning. It changed eventually. We learned how to be together. He rolled balls of light in his arms and threw them into the nothing. Again, I said, do it again forever. I cupped my hands, then opened them slowly. This is alive, I told him. He stared into my palms, then looked up at me. His face had changed. He made a face to make it change. We both climbed into each other. We lived in each other and were. We could have been, always. Show me alive again, he said. I showed him. He wanted to know if I could turn something he made to life. I told him I could not when we both knew that I could. It was the first lie ever told, and it was mine. I did not know it would make him angry or that he wouldn't stop. We had broken each other before. He made a million lifeless things. They laid his feet, cluttering the void. Showing him life made him happy once. I would show him again. But he did not want to see it in my hands. He wanted to turn it into something of his that he could understand. I did it for him because, because. They made me cry. No. <laughs> yes. I was, I was inspired by the fact that she was the nurturer. Yeah. And the, the life giver. And so I wanted to make this sort of codependent relationship where one created things and then the other brought them to life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so pretty. (laughs) And so I made Asher's story because someone deleted hers. Yeah, someone lost the file, quote unquote. It's just so beautiful. And thank you. Yeah, this idea... (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) No. That part at the end where it's like, I might be extending upon what you actually said, because it's like, so your writing is so visual, and that's something that I've always loved about it. Like, I always feel like I'm in it. And this idea that, like, she created alive, and that he once loved that about her, but then this idea that, he it has been forgotten. Yeah. yeah. That like he uses it for himself. And then like the rest of history and time has forgotten that she created alive. Yeah. <sighs> Lily. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. Thank I you just, for reading that. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share it. And um, I've always been inspired by Lilith and Ashra. 
And I think part of it is because I love stories so much and they're so lacking. Yeah. And so I've always had this like desire to tell theirs. Yeah. <gasps> Lilith poem. Lilith poem. Lilith poem. Storm. Lilith monster. Storm. storm monster. monster. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so everyone, that is the story and not story of Asherah. <laughs> the mother of all of us. Even though we're not allowed to talk to her, we're all children of divorce. It's okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. It happened. Um, And I just love the story that you've given her better than anything any of these Ds did or didn't write. (laughs) (laughs) She just has some poles, okay? That's all you need to know about her. Tree lady. Tree lady. She's got poles. Moving on. Moving, moving on. <laughs> anyway, about God. His, like, and then, like, uh, if she were around, he would have done so much better. All the stuff that he doesn't, un- literally, actually, if you think about it, all the stuff he doesn't understand about humans, she would have gotten. Like, oh, you need water? She would have been like, yeah, they need water. Duh. <laughs> Derek. Like, whatever his real name is. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I think about it, he is so unbalanced. You have to keep them alive, fool Derek. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) oh, you need bread or something? She's like, yeah, I invented bread to feed the children. (laughs) My God. Like, I turned my back for one minute, and the house is a mess, and you flooded the earth. But yeah, I mean, everything that we've complained about, this God character uh, not understanding about people. Could have maybe been solved if he had the creator of life next to him i don't know thanks for listening and sharing lillian (laughs) thank you for sharing and again we are not here to mock or glorify the bible we are just two modern day ladies trying to wrap our heads around an ancient text we will not be written out yes what the heck so there (sighs) copy save to the cloud and hard copy yeah we're saving this from now on ladies (laughs) (laughs) as always if you'd like to support the show we have a patreon page you can join it it's super fun in there you just go to patreon.com slash biblish podcast and you can get fun stuff like stickers even stickers so consider that And, uh, yeah, and follow us on the social medias and all that good stuff. And we'll see you guys in another two weeks for another story time. Another fun Bible story time. Thank you for listening.